0: Welcome, everyone. This is Massage Therapy Now. My name is Damian John. I am your host as usual. Today, I have two fabulous guests hearkening from the province of BC and Ontario. Both of them are very well-known in the massage field as far as educators and authors and publishers, and they're just all over the place in terms of uh, being involved in manual therapy and how to make it better. One has published the book Traumatic Scar Tissue Management, Massage Therapy Principles, Practice, and Protocols, and the other has published the book Talking Body Listening Hands, which just had its second edition released. They're both incredibly busy, and I feel very fortunate to have pinned them down for this next half hour or so. I have with me today. Kathy Ryan and Pamela Fitch. Pam, is it? do you go by Pam or Pamela or both?
1: Most people know me by Pam, yeah. Thank okay,
0: you. We have Pam Fitch. So welcome to you both. Uh, thank you for showing up. We're going to have a, a panel talk on intuition and what it means to both manual therapy and just from the perspective of being a human being and, and the very interesting topic of being intuitive and, and how it affects us as as both professionals and individuals. And I was wondering if either or both of you would just comment on why this particular topic uh, is of interest to you briefly, before we start into hitting some of the questions we we talked about.
1: Go ahead, Pam. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been thinking about intuition. Uh, as a massage therapist, probably since the first uh, year that I went into practice, which is more than 30 years ago. And the reason that I think about it is that I've worked in uh, manual therapy, traditional Swedish massage modalities, fascial work, craniosacral therapy, as the modalities, but um, in my practice, sometimes surprising enlightenment would come to me while I was treating a client uh, in Ontario, we say clients and I recognize it in BC, people use the word patient, but uh, I'll probably keep talking about client cause that's what rolls off my tongue. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, things would happen in the treatment room. And I think, how did I know that? How did this come to me? Um, I, sometimes I felt uh, overwhelmed with the awareness Of how a client was feeling. Um, So I I just used to chalk it up to intuition. And more recently, I've done a lot more thinking about what exactly is this process that's going on. So that's why I'm here today. I'm quite interested in the topic.
0: Right. And yourself, Kathy?
1: Yeah. I mean, similarly, um, uh,
2: intuition has kind of been a part of my life since day one, I, I would gather, my my mom was trained as a nurse's aide back in the day where they didn't have formal training. She was just in the hospital trained on the job and intuition was just part of her her role as a nurse. And so, you know, I was just raised in an environment where you were just, you know, um, not vilified for trusting your gut. You know, it was just like. Mm-hmm trust your gut, listen to your gut, um, listen to those, you know, messages that you get as it were. So certainly as a massage therapist, there have been many times over the course of my career where you're working on a client, somehow you get some kind of inkling that, okay, I think I should go work on their feet. So I say to the client, you know what, um, when I finish up working around your neck, I'd like to do some work on your feet. Are you okay with that? And the client would say, "Wow, that's so weird. I was just thinking about it. I could feel such and such in my feet." And I didn't say anything because I thought that would might you might think it's weird that you're working on my neck and I feel something in my feet. So, so yeah, certainly it's been a part yeah. of uh, of my my massage therapy experience, both as a clinician and as a receiver of the work as well.
0: Right, and I think anybody who's worked. In or on a person even if they're not a massage therapist has had some of those senses of oh should I do this or should I do that it's it's a very human experience to have that gut feeling to do something and so first thought or first question would be what do you suppose intuition is I know Pam just spoke to that and investigating it and and maybe there's a certain amount of science behind it these days, but um, yeah, what do you suppose it is? And then from that, what is the value of bringing intuitive intuitions into a session, a massage therapy session?
1: Well, if 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 I can jump in on that, uh, Damien, when I was preparing for our conversation today, I kept thinking exactly how is intuition defined who's defining intuition my my uh, reading suggested that intuition is a term that philosophers use when they're describing how we know something about another human being and the psychological literature talks about empathy and and the um, the two definitions are really, really linked, but in psychology, there's been a fair amount of uh, neuroscience research into brain function. Don't please don't ask me to explain it, but uh, um, the 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 brain science would suggest that there are parts of the brain that recognize that resonate with another person's experience and it's precognitive it's not in our uh knowledge awareness necessarily and so if you mash those two realities together intuition and empathy uh they're pretty linked so um the other piece of this that i think is really interesting is that just a, a straight search on wikipedia will show you that um, psychologists define three different kinds of empathy. One is emotional empathy or, um, affective empathy. Then there's cognitive empathy and then there's somatic empathy. So mm-hmm. just in those terms, we can recognize the fact that that science is actually investigating this process of how is it that we know what we know? Um, and massage therapy is, is uniquely uh, situated for this kind of investigation because, probably, if you talk to just about any massage therapist, they've had the, the, the experience that Kathy described. What do you think, Kathy? Hmm. Yeah,
2: I, um, I mean, you know, in contemplating this and, you know, some of the reading that I've done over the years, um, and then more recently taking a look at intuition. You know, from, from my perspective, it, you know, from what I've read and from what I've experienced is it's a very rapid kind of process that's or rapid sort of thing that unfolds without analytical processing. And that seems right. to be what matches with some of the neuroscience and mapping brain activity during intuitive types of experiences is that it's coming from a part of the brain that it, we're not talking about our analytical processing part of our brain that these senses or feelings or thoughts come very, very rapidly. And certainly having conversation with different uh, clients over the years, nursing nursing clients, you know they, they often say that their intuitive experiences aren't really, they're not really using it as a diagnostic tool, right. but it, it's happening in a very quick moment when there's a critical sort of thing happening where they have to make a very snap decision or they're walking down the hall and all of a sudden they're like, I got to go into this room and they catch, you know, some, someone in a critical moment. So it's happening in that part of our brain. That's, you know, perhaps maybe lizard brain, um, you know, before it reaches our analytical processing site. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, as you've spoken to it just now, this, this neuroscientific component, where it's being investigated by science, and and uh, there's that component that lends credibility to it. But by the same token, it's because of its nature, because of its uh, what Kathy just said. It's it's quick rise. It's it's non-cognitive function. It has a component in in my thinking where it almost seems in contrast to this push towards evidence based massage therapy and I don't think that's necessarily true but there uh, I've thought about the pushback as it relates to things like intuition and and how there's been a lot of framing of things that are woo woo and and with crystals and and those types of things and I'm just wondering how intuition Um, pulls itself into a credible practice that is evidence-based and and i'm sure both of you have thought about how that how that can be and and kathy just even hit on it a little bit because maybe we're not using it from the perspective of uh, using intuition to investigate um the, the the problems from a what is, what is going on perspective, but where do we work next or how do we work next or something? Can both of you speak to that idea of, of, of how intuition is both problematic and useful in practice?
1: Yeah, I, I really think that it becomes extremely mysterious if we're not acknowledging the hyper levels of observation that we um, engage in when we're massage therapists. Um, uh, I once uh, taught a class um, in the U.S. and and a physician who was also trained as a massage therapist was in the class. And he said basically that uh, if he wanted, it was a breast massage uh, class that I was teaching and he was saying, if I wanted somebody to palpate the breast. I would ask for a massage therapist because their palpation skills are you know uh, uh, highly tuned and developed as opposed to somebody who's got three or four hours of hands-on training and how to palpate. And and I and I really do believe that massage therapists engage in exquisite amounts of very subtle types of, of palpation and and if we attune our awareness then you can call it observation or you can call it perception or if you don't know where the thought comes from you can call it intuition mm-hmm. but from my perspective it's all coming from the same place. It's a heightened awareness and if you're in the headspace where you're paying attention to every indicator that's coming through to you then uh, I think that's what we're talking about, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, uh, maybe I'm not in the same room. I don't know.
2: <laughs> no, I think Pam. I think you just nailed it there. You know, I really, when I think about intuition, I really think the key or critical point there is presence. You know, which yeah. for me as a massage therapist is one of the most fundamentally important things that I ought to be doing is to be exactly completely present I don't know that we mm-hmm. could have you know clear intuitive uh, you know thoughts or feelings if we're distracted or dissociated you know I, exactly I, I wonder if that's possible right I mean I don't know the answer to that but I, I just think about in terms of myself in those times when I'm distracted or you know just not present I don't know that those kinds of uh, exactly. Know, Thoughts are going to be able to to come through, so I, I really yeah. think it is about presence, which is such a I think a, an important piece of what we do, and I think in terms of healthcare providers, um, we are we have a clinical structure that is just really perfect for that because of the quietness and the stillness and the amount of time that we spend with a patient. I think it really lends to. Our, our capacity to be very present versus a very fast-paced, loud, noisy environment, I think it would be more difficult for, for me personally to be really present in that kind of environment versus the type of environment that I work in.
1: That's really interesting because you and I are of an age, although I'll always be your older sister, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my students who are in their uh, early 20s, um, when we get into clinical supervision, they always want to have music on. They always want to have sound. And if there's silence in the, in the clinic, they say, oh, I don't, I, I don't like working in silence. That's <laughs> so uncomfortable for me because in my practice, perhaps different from other people, maybe the same as you, Kathy, I, I almost never have music on.
2: I never I do. Like
1: I'm listening to my client's body and what's happening. And and so that's, mm, in a sense, it's my drug. That's the thing I love about massage therapy is that Mm -hmm. um, profound, deep connection with another person and their, their, their entity, if you will, that sounds um, uh, very esoteric, but really like, who is that person on the table? And if I have music on, I'm so distracted. So we have a very, almost a generational divide amongst our students from our supervisors. The supervisors get it. Some of them want to play jazz in the student clinic. And I walk in and I go, (laughs) what? Oh, my God, I'm so old. This doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Because I think what you're talking about in terms of presence, that's the key. That is the ultimate. uh, That's what we're really talking about here.
0: Yeah, I I agree with both of what you're saying. I was doing a bunch of my own research prior and I was actually, I fell down the rabbit hole of looking at indigenous knowledge and shamanistic Mm -hmm. healers and that kind of thing. And a lot of the work that is done in an indigenous environment is, is that sort of intuitive, empathic and presence mentality. And I love how you frame that, Kathy, because the the presence component i even remember pam noting something like that when she gave a presentation many years ago that i was a part of and it was something about the generational divide and how empathy has kind of waned in her opinion as far as um between the the various generations so you know 20 years ago it wasn't even a thing that was thought about but now maybe there has to be some talk and even component of teaching the idea of empathy and, and presence. And as, as you guys are both talking about presence, I think about how, how many individuals who go to see a therapist have that on their checklist in terms of, right. uh, mm-hmm. I want a therapist who's present, who, who is there with me. And I think the music piece speaks to that. And, and, um, Can you guys dive into that a little bit more because i think that's a really full area to discuss even more like how does the presence how does being present um feel in terms of uh improving the empathy improving the intuitive space and and is there a way to improve it if you're not that type of person like if you're one of those students who likes the jazz or um, acdc yeah (laughs) totally
1: (laughs) Is
0: there a possibility of of improving our empathy and intuitiveness and presence?
1: Well, my least favorite massage therapy treatment was uh, one where a therapist decided to play, uh, I think it was Led Zeppelin. I'm really (laughs) dating myself, but it was very odd as an experience. He was a little tired of Pachelbel's canon. So he... (laughs) he thought I would understand and I thought really? Oh man. And so that was, that, that was a, a decision that he made, but his choice meant I would never go back. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but one one of the things that you just touched on, uh, Damon, that I thought was really interesting is when I talk to Kathy and we often have phone conversations cause we're not in the same part of the world, but, but when we're talking on the phone, Kathy listens, and then there's mm. a pause while she considers the, what he's heard. And that active listening is uh, so much a part of who you are, Kathy, that um, I suspect your clients recognize that from the get-go. That's that's just part of who you are as a therapist.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think... You know, probably I, I know the both of you know that I'm a self-proclaimed science nerd and and love the science stuff I do, but you know I think in in my clinical practice, um, my patients certainly appreciate that I stay well informed from the evidence mm-hmm. perspective. But I, th- you know, they also recognize that I'm I'm present, and mm-hmm. and I get feedback to that regard that you know they felt like look you you really heard what I said. You're really responsive to that. Um, sometimes I feel that that's lacking in other places in healthcare. So, you know, that's a valuable piece. You know, Pam, um, I think the podcast that you just did, the On the Table podcast number seven, I think mm-hmm. one of the brilliant pieces in that podcast, and there were many, but one of the brilliant pieces in that podcast is where you break down the words massage and therapy. Uh and you talk about you know what we do with our hands and then there's the therapy piece that encompasses a lot of our soft skills and for me intuition kind of fits into that realm of our soft skills and damien earlier you asked about what is the value of bringing you know intuition into a massage therapy session well i think from my perspective and any Tool or, or that I can bring in that will help improve my outcomes for patients. I will use whatever I've got to get the best possible outcomes for my patients.
1: That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, uncomfortable pause. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As I was thinking Pam, Pam a might a have something time to, to time. say to that. <laughs>
2: reflective pause a reflective pause Uh, uh, it's
0: so funny because i've i've been doing research into bettering podcasts and um dead air space is frowned upon by a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of individuals but since we were speaking about reflective pauses kathy i appreciate the (laughs) the that piece of information
1: well that's that's the experience that i often have when i'm talking to kathy it'll just be this Quiet pause, and I think, oh, oh, she's thinking. Did she, did she fall asleep? She's yeah. getting to that age where
2: she needs a nap on occasion or something. That
1: is- <laughs> no, but I think when you're talking about the uh, uh, the massage and massage therapy uh, terminology, that that is actually really really critical because. You know, I'm, I'm, I've I'm been teaching in a massage therapy program for um, 16, 17 years now, and I can see that our, our program is not unique. The students struggle to learn the anatomy, the physio, the patho. And so in their minds, those are really, really essential. And of course, if you want a foundation for the scientific knowledge base and, and, and make good evidence-informed decisions, you need that. But I have to say that I kind of lost the plot yesterday when I was teaching a class on clinical review. We had a a circumstance in the clinic which was really unfortunate and I was asking students to reflect on it. And they they don't have a lot of skill in just reflecting. And observing how Mm -hmm. they feel and those skills um, are absolutely essential for the therapeutic part of the term massage therapy because frankly anybody can put their hands on you and call it massage but if it's going to be massage therapy it's it's the whole package it's the Mm -hmm. validation the listening the paying attention the deep observation that's that's where the value added piece comes in and a client will say, well, that therapist is amazing because she really pays attention. Uh, I I think that's a high praise for a client to say about a therapist.
0: Yeah. I, as you guys have talked, I was thinking about the end of my career as a massage therapist, because I don't do hands-on work anymore, at least in the professional sense. And what I noticed and one of the reasons I stopped being a therapist was because I was not that present anymore. I, I would go off into my head more often and earlier. And in the midpoint of, of being a massage therapist, I never had that show up. And so I had to get very reflective about what type of work am I doing now? People are paying me to be present. And I think as, as we've talked, that seems like, one of the, the most important pieces of being a good therapist and being somebody who's listening to the person in front of you, and yet it's not spoken to very often. Um, and it, it does have that lending itself to the idea of intuition and a- empathy, um, but uh, it gets lost in, in a lot of the conversation about being evidence based or research or, or science, which is really essential and needed in in our profession. But the this idea of of all of those things being linked I think is is critical in terms of how the profession both gets seen as quality work but how it also delineates itself or or, or how it how it's kind of special. There's this real amount of time that there can be reflection and there can be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, space taken to be really intuitive and, and, and sort of let things show up. What do you guys think about that idea?
2: yeah i mean i i often speak to that we're we're just you know i think one of the things that you know maybe why i was drawn to massage therapy or one of the things that i think is so valuable about what we do and where i think we play such a critical piece in the healthcare profession is our luxury of time that we have with patients very few other healthcare providers have that opportunity to spend you know, because most of us are spending an hour with a patient and on somewhat of a regular basis sometimes, too, you know, a physician might see their patient if they're essentially a fairly healthy person, they might see that person for 15 minutes twice a year or once a year. How much information can you really gather in that time frame? And, I, and I've and i had this conversation with doctors, too, and, and good good doctors, that concerns them as well you know mm-hmm. and this is where i see a potential value in more interprofessional collaboration where as a massage therapist we can gather really valuable and important information and then share that with the other healthcare providers to help maybe expand that for them you know including what we gather intuitively you know in the mix of it all because it's 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 just also part and parcel important uh to to what we do so i think the time piece for us is, is, is unique and extremely valuable for our patients as well.
1: What I wanted to say in, in response to you, Damien, was that I think that when we get hung up on the, is intuition or empathy different from the evidence-based approach, we're exposing our insecurities around research. Because mm-hmm. there is a, an enormous amount of qualitative review of all kinds of um, uh, psychological states. And now there's mm-hmm. a burgeoning kind of neuroscience field to map where the parts of the brain encode things like empathy and intuition. Right. So we are limited by our imaginations, not by our scopes of practice what Mm -hmm. we do is really really unique in the realm of healthcare, and i i don't think that there's a massage therapist in practice who would disagree with that statement um you're right if you're starting to think about the grocery list instead of um what you're observing with your client maybe maybe it's not the right fit for you but um the thing that captures my imagination and hopefully captures uh, therapist imaginations also is the intersection between what I think is going on, what my training tells me might be going on, and, and, and the evidence in front of me. We can make every encounter with every client a learning opportunity for us as therapists and yeah. and and put to use every bit of knowledge that we've been um that we've learned either in school or informally once we're in practice you know uh, the whole experience of massage therapy is it is an extraordinary uh qualitative learning environment um that offers just unlimited possibilities for evaluation yeah.
0: It's very poetic. <laughs> Seriously, I think it's beautifully put. Having heard you just say that, I was thinking about the importance of hearing those types of uh, reflections on the work. Because yeah, the integrative perspective, or the yeah, integrating all of the various things and and um, the fields and the science and the. Intuitive spaces and all of those things is, is, is really a part of the beauty of, of massage therapy. So very beautifully put Pam.
1: Well, well, if, if I might add just one more thing there, there Mm -hmm. is a pendulum like quality to massage therapy, uh, practice. And when I first became a massage therapist, the whole concept of intuition and empathy was fascinating to people that were coming into the field. Um, Within a few years after that, uh, regulatory practices required our profession to justify why we were Mm -hmm. even regulated. And so there was little to no space for us to be talking about the mysteries associated, the, the really almost spiritual mysteries associated with the kind of work that we do. And mm-hmm. what I'm hoping is that the pendulum went very far in one direction. And now it's sort of mm. coming back to the middle where we're able to have two or three people have conversations about this and one is not threatened by the other. Uh, right. that, that's essential if we're going to uh, grow our profession and grow our knowledge base because there's there's room for everybody in the tent. There really is. That's okay. a lot of mixed metaphors. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it, well, I'm going to throw one more in the mix. Um, and it's really fascinating to me because this this particular intuition is like the big white elephant in the room. Yeah. Within healthcare, because any physician, nurse that I've interacted with or talked to of the years, it, it's kind of a given that intuition is part of what we bring to the mix as healthcare providers and certainly in, in nursing, um, you know, in preparing for this, there's a, there's a lot of studies in nursing and, and how intuition is incorporated into their, their education and training process. Exactly. So I I think part of it is, it's just socially and culturally, um, intuition is either celebrated or vilified. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and, yes. as something evil or untowards, but in in certain cultures, in certain social areas or settings, it's it's very celebrated. Um, yes. and and like mm-hmm. I say in nursing, intuition is just kind of a given. so it's it's very interesting um, that there might be this perception out there that it that it's it's not trustworthy. Um, or whatever the case may be. And therefore, there's no value for it. But when you get into the real-world massage therapy, as Pam and I often talk about, when we're talking about real-world massage therapy or real-world nursing, it's very much embraced as an important tool, not any more or less important than any other, you know, our evidence basis or our presence or, you know, whatever the case may be.
1: Well, I I am going to say something which is going to be potentially offensive to some, so here goes. (laughs) But nursing nursing is historically, stereotypically uh, a profession where women have dominated. And Mm -hmm. intuition and empathy and that kind of mysterious how do we know things is associated with women. We actually say women's intuition. As a Mm -hmm. as a phrase, right? Massage therapy Mm -hmm. the same. The statistics are very clear that we, you know, three quarters of our profession is performed by women, Um, and and I sense that there is a huge urge to quantify what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, My students, when they are trying to do case reports, they want to look at the physiological effects. Of uh, this particular type of technique, when you know, if they press this hard, what's the effect? And and I think, well, you know, bully for you, good for you. That's you go. Try try working that out. But it's really hard to measure because the common factors associated with the interaction between a therapist and a client confound those kinds of results. Just because I'm putting a certain degree of pressure on somebody, how can you tell? that it's the pressure that is identifiably the, 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 the solution to whatever the problem is and not just simply validation and paying attention and active listening. You know, Christopher Moyer in his mm-hmm. uh, meta-analysis back in 2004 recognized this about massage therapy and, 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 and <laughs> acknowledged that massage therapy had a lot in common with psychotherapy, although as a profession. We have for decades associated ourselves with physiotherapy.
2: Oh, which- Pam, you just said that out loud.
1: I did, didn't I? Oh, <laughs> dear. Oh. Well, I'm not sure what is going to be offensive with what I've just said, but that's a good one. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well,
0: I think it's beautiful to have a little bit of offensiveness in a podcast. So. <laughs> Um, Yeah, this is such a rich subject, and I'm aware that we're reaching the end of uh, the time frame that is um, doable for all of us to remain together. So I want to hit on just one more space that I think, uh, could you guys reflect on a, a time in your therapy where intuition has been really important is there is there a more broad sense of it being important all the way through or is do you remember one one story where it really had a heavy impact on the outcome or it was very strange or mystical even um do you you have any stories like that
1: hmm do you want to go first Kathy (laughs) you (laughs) go. uh my practice has, uh, related for many, many years with clients who have histories of sexual abuse or, um, some sort of major trauma and the way complex PTSD presents in the treatment room is, is, uh, always mysterious. Um, because I'm a massage therapist, uh, I'm not engaging the individuals in, you know, not asking for details about what happened to them, but the way that their uh, bodies respond to touch is always related to whatever the trauma is. And my job is to uh, step carefully um, in those kinds of minefields. And I think that the one that comes to mind is uh, a situation where I had a client who she had been profoundly traumatized in a family childhood sexual abuse situation. Um, And she was left with the feeling of, um, she just, her whole body would shake as if she was, her whole body was saying, no, 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 no. So it was like a full body, no. And she had gone to other massage therapists who just thought this was the weirdest thing and if she was behaving this way they would tell her that they couldn't work with her because they didn't understand what was happening and fair enough that's a that's a responsible decision but i had the impression rightly or wrongly that the no 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 was not about massage it was about something to do with her her story and if I just remained present and didn't try to interfere in any way, that eventually it would stop. Well, it took seven years for that response to finally go away. Um, We could actually be talking about the weather and her body would be shaking. She had no control over it whatsoever. And yet for her, it was such a, Uh, an important opportunity for her to just dissipate some of this excess energy. And that's how we came to interpret the manifestation of that, was that she was just discharging uh, a lot of Hmm. energy. And if I didn't pay any attention to it, although it was hard to miss, uh, things got better. So... Hmm. In a sense, it was the reverse of what I said earlier, which is that we need to observe closely what's going on and we need to pay attention to that. In fact, there was an intuition where it was just ignore this. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in the treatment room. So that's the story that came to mind as you asked.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a, you know, I, I thought about this, and I don't really have a specific sort of story or event where I felt, you know, intuition was, a, you know, such a, uh, at the forefront of a, of a session and, and the outcome. And, you know, I don't know if that's maybe because I was raised in an environment where it was just, it's just a part of my everyday life um, that, you know, I just kind of go on and, you know, it's just one other tool that I use in, in, in the treatment room along with, you know, my foundational science knowledge base. So, yeah, I don't really have a real standout of, of you know, how it sort of factored into um, maybe change what I was doing in the session, per se. Um, you know, other than just that kind of story that I said right off the top about, you know, every once in a while. I'll be working on someone's neck and it's like, okay, I need to go work on their feet, and you know, mention to the person, you know, I'd like to do some work on your feet if that's okay with you. Um,
1: but yeah. Kathy, <laughs> there's that one time when you and I did a treatment together. So we were working. Oh, right, yeah. we were working on one individual, and uh, yeah. Kathy was taking the lead, and I was kind of like the the quartz crystal, amplifying whatever she was feeling. And <laughs> it was extraordinary <laughs> because she would say, I'm getting this. And, and I'd say, well, I can feel that. And we were communicating through the medium of the client's body, but, but our mm-hmm. hands were doing this dance. That was, it felt at times like it was uh, independent of thought. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kathy? Mm-hmm. That was a really extraordinary experience. And I, I was fortunate to do Um, joint treatments with a physician who did acupuncture and had that similar kind of I'm working here, where are you feeling? And we would just kind of meet in the client's body somewhere. And it, it, it really is mysterious and extraordinary, that kind of experience.
2: I think that's a piece for me is I don't consider it mysterious. Maybe maybe that's the the critical piece for me is that I don't really see it as a mysterious <laughs> thing because as I said I was uh, you know my I when I was very young um until I was 6 we lived with my my mom's parents and both my grandfather and my grandmother read tea leaves and Like I say, my mom was like, you know, you trust your gut, and that was just, it was just such a normal thing that it never seemed like this big, mysterious thing to me. And, you know, I have a partner who's very intuitive as well, and, you know, if we're out hiking, we're like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't go down that trail, maybe we should down this one, and we don't know if we averted any disaster, but we just trust that you know implicitly and neither of us will question the other one it's like yeah i think maybe we should turn around because i think there (laughs) might be some weather pulling in or something so it's just it's interesting yeah i just don't and maybe it's because i just don't see it as this big mysterious thing i don't know yeah
0: well you hit on so many beautiful things right at the end there I wish we had another 40 minutes the idea of trust and uh, and and relationship and how that shows up in uh, some of the best work I've had done on myself has been from two intuitive people working together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it it is like a beautiful dance or a song or a mm-hmm. and it has this rhythm to it that just feels so healing so I think We have to talk some more about this in the future. (laughs) Part two. Part two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for both of you showing up with so many good thoughts and and it's sparked many ideas in my own brain. And I hope for the listeners out there that they're both thrilled and maybe shocked and confused by Pam's comments (laughs) and, (laughs) 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 Uh, um, and I hope, yeah, that uh, we have another chance to, to talk some more on, on subjects like this because I think they're necessary and quite beautiful. And so thanks to you both. I hope that you have a very full day and we will speak again, I'm sure.
1: I'm going to look forward to that. Yeah,
2: thank you so much, Damien. Always a pleasure.
0: Hmm. And for all of you listeners out there, I will provide um, the the places where you can contact these two very smart humans and if you have any extra questions for them they will be in the show notes so without uh keeping you guys any longer have a wonderful day and we will communicate again soon